kind of person you are. Unbelievably, most of us are surrounded by devices that we use to communicate. Our cell phones not only make phone calls, but they can record video and take pictures as well. The computers most of us use at home or at work monitor all of the websites we visit and they store every email we send. Just about every screen we look at also has microphones and cameras that in turn could easily be watching us. Every street corner pretty much at this point, every stoplight and store have security cameras that store footage of every time we step in front of them. And for many of us, our private homes as well have cameras recording not only what is going on on the property, but in the street and sometimes on the neighbor's yard as well. So what if it all turned out that all of these devices were truly recording everything that we do and everything that we say? What if, in fact, somewhere out there is a huge database with your name and my name on it keeping track of everything that we've said, every email we've sent, every text message we've sent, every image we've looked at over the past 10 years or so. Worse still, what if for some reason all that information was broadcast to the whole world? What if our neighbors could hear everything we've said about them? What if our parents could discover everything that we've said and done behind their backs. Chances are, in truth, we've said many things in private that we certainly would never have said if we knew that we were being recorded. What we have said would probably reveal that we're not as sympathetic as we'd like others to think that we are. It could be that our words reveal in many ways perhaps our own pettiness, our own prejudice, our own ignorance even. For today's first reading from Sirach, we hear that our faults appear when we open our mouths. What we say reveals the kind of person we are. We've all had that experience of what we call putting our foot into our mouths. That saying something thoughtless or offensive. Oh, we might apologize right away and say that we certainly didn't mean it, but in fact, Oftentimes, we blurt out mean thoughts that we've been carrying around with us for some time. Oh, it's not that we didn't mean to say it, but we certainly didn't mean to say it so that anyone else would hear it. And Jesus speaks 
about the same in the gospel story today. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good. But an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil from the fullness of the heart. The mouth speaks. Therefore, I guess it means that if our hearts are full of love and goodness and compassion, we'll say good and loving and compassionate words. But if our hearts are filled with resentment, resentment and malice or spite, will we say resentful and malicious? spiteful things, whatever we cultivate in our hearts through our own thoughts is what we will come out with through our mouths. Thankfully, we can choose which thoughts we want to allow our hearts and what words we speak with our lips. Though thoughts often pop out spontaneously, but we can choose either to dwell on them or to dismiss them. If we dwell pure on pure and loving things, will we become pure and loving people that then will be reflected in our speech? It's clear that we all do a lot of harm, oftentimes through the things that we say, but it's also true that our speech has the power to do such good for other people. Today's responsorial psalm always catches me. Lord, it's good, it's good to give thanks to you. Expressing gratitude somehow, I think, is one of the most powerful ways that we can use the power of our speech for good. The simplest of thank yous can mean so much to another person. It lets them know, not know that we see how hard they're working, that we appreciate that which they've done. The more, in fact, I think that we say thank you, the more thankful we become as a people. Gratitude. Gratitude makes us less focused on ourselves and more focused on the goodness of people around us. When was the last time you sent a thank you note to someone who did something kind? Taking a few moments to write down a word of appreciation to someone who's helped you might just make their day and might change your attitude as well. See, I think people might struggle to hear, to hear what we also oftentimes struggle to say. We can often feel so alone when we're going through a difficult time. Letting others know that we're also struggling has also sometimes the power to encourage others to persevere. Speaking out for those who can't defend themselves is an important way that we can use our power of speech. 
See, Jesus in today's gospel story is simply inviting us to look at ourselves and to take an honest evaluation, you might say, of where our lives are at and who it is that we say that we are. Is the image that we project truly the person whom we believe we are within our hearts? Do our words and our actions reflect one another? This week, we enter into this season of Lent. And the church will invite us for these next six weeks into a place of change and conversion. And I challenge you, see, it's easy for many of us. On Wednesday, we'll start to do the same things we've done for the last 47 years. So I, I won't drink this season of Lent, Father. But of course, everyone in your family is all praying that you would just pick up a glass because you're such a horrible person to live with during the six weeks. Or we think, oh, it's a great time to lose weight. It's Lent. So I'll give up all those sweets and when the spring comes, I'll look better and feel better about myself. But will that truly affect and change our hearts in any way at all? Maybe it's really the challenge to give up criticizing. Decide not to judge for the next six weeks. Not so that on Easter Sunday you can make up for the six weeks that you didn't but so that hopefully on Easter Sunday something's changed and you don't find yourself ready to judge as quickly as perhaps you did before. In these next couple days, as we prepare to enter into Lent together, I invite you, invite you to look at the splinter in your eye to take just a little bit of time and ask yourselves, is there still something in my heart, in my life, in my person that still needs to somehow be changed and touched by God this year? And as we enter into the season on Wednesday, Together, let's trust and believe that with God, all things are possible. There's nothing that we cannot accomplish with God. I met a young gentleman this morning who wanted to meet with me because he wanted to make a promise and wanted to ask me to help in his promise that he has destroyed so many people's lives with his drinking because his drinking leads to lies and 
all kinds of behaviors that he's truly, profoundly, profoundly sad about. But this week, finally, something happened, and he said, I have to do this. It's a matter of life and death. No one else's life but my own. And it's time for me to stop blaming everyone else and to choose for myself. I think he left here with a resolve in his mind and in his heart. I promised that I would pray for him every day. He can send me as many emails as he wants. He can reach out in whatever way that he feels when he's ready to give up. But as I promise to pray for him, I promise I will pray for you. And I ask that you pray for me that together we become the people we know God calls us to be. The time, it's here, it's now. No more empty promises, no more hopes for the future. Today, whatever it is that you want the Lord Jesus to touch, to heal, to change, Hold it up before the Lord Jesus today. And on Wednesday, when you come into church or next weekend and the crucifix is over the altar and the Lord Jesus' arms are outstretched to you and to me, know that he's holding whatever it is that we want to give up. Give it to Jesus. He's waiting. The time is now.